My name is Jake McLean, and you're listening to the Life, Leadership, and Laughs podcast. Hello there, friends. Thanks for tuning in to today's episode. Uh, I am joined uh, by Daryl Bellamy. Uh, Daryl, welcome to the show. Thank you. Excited to be here. Excited to talk to you today and as well as uh, drop some value on any listeners who are listening today. Yeah, uh, absolutely. And the uh, I uh, so appreciate the way that we got connected uh, long ago and then uh, recently. Uh, so if I reminisce a little bit, uh, my students uh, in the student government a couple of years ago brought you for their leadership conference. I don't know if you remember anything about that, uh, but it was probably the like most crazy uh, disorganized event we've had, <laughs> we've had. Uh, because like I think like the one thing that stands out for me about that is like food wasn't there, uh, but like they had food being delivered at the time the conference was over. <laughs> I remember that part. I do remember. And so I just looked at them. I was like, oh, okay, this is no longer your show. This is mine. Sit down and enjoy the conference. Uh, and so I, I do remember it was a good experience. It was, it yeah. was, oh, yeah. It was, and it was a good experience because I remember the size of the group. And I remember leaving um, and thinking, like, I love that 70, it was about, maybe about 55, but I love the way the tables were set up. Yeah. And I love the way I was able to interact and get close to every single person. I think that was one of my aha moments speaking there was that I really love smaller groups as well as the bigger groups. Yeah. You know, I, uh, as a staff person, I was so frustrated, uh, like that whole morning. And then you, uh, gave your keynote, uh, and when we were going through evaluations of the event, uh, everybody noted, uh, how like, you know, they felt a little uncomfortable because of all the confusion that was happening at first, but your keynote, like, took it all home for him. So, uh, I, I also remember that we went out, uh, to my favorite Mexican restaurant and uh, c- celebrated the conclusion of that. So I remember that as well. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. But, uh, but I'm happy that, uh, that you sent me an email a couple weeks ago, uh, just asking how I was doing. And, uh, I've started doing that to other people now, uh, just reaching out, like, those thinking about you, hello, how are you kind of things. Uh, and so I have to say, I, I appreciate that. Uh, so for the uh, listeners that uh, might not know you at all, why don't you tell them a little bit about yourself? All right. So Daryl uh, at Bellamy Inspires on Instagram and all that other cool stuff. But uh, I, where do I start? So around maybe three years ago, I quit the full-time job. I was working in corporate America. Um, I was doing banking, worked for like a um a real, no, I was about to say real estate, a, what is it called? I just lost my train of thought. I was working for, oh, um, retirement, retirement company. And then I went into consulting. Um, so I was doing that for around three years, really wanted more for my life, was kind of confused as to what that next step would be. One of those things that I did while I was in college, um, I was a student leader involved in SEA, orientation counselor, just so many things on campus. And I also did workshops on campus. So when I was trying to figure out what I wanted, most of the books that I was reading said that the way to get to that next level is either to find a coach or a mentor. And like all the books on success and moving forward kept on pushing that through. So I didn't have a coach or a mentor at that point. So I went on Google, typed in life coaches in Charlotte, and I found me a life coach. 
And she kind of led me to um, being able to see that people get paid to share their message and be able to impact people. And that blew my mind because I had stories and things that I wanted to share from college. Um, I knew that it could help students and be able to help millennials. And to be able to see that I could do that full time um, just totally opened up my mind to what was possible. So I literally worked with her, um, learning about the industry, speaking for free at first at like my alma mater and at certain campuses and whoever invited me. Um, and then I finally got a chance. So I got the, I saved up an amount of money um, to be able to quit my full time job. So I gave up that full time salary um, to be able to get that momentum to start speaking at colleges and universities. So for the past, let's say, I'm going to say two years or so since I've quit my job, um, I've been able to travel around the country as far as California to the Bahamas to, um, I do around, I'm going to say 40 to 50 schools a year possibly at this point. I'm able to travel around the country talking to students and millennials um, about fear. So what are those fears that are holding them back from getting to the next level? So every audience, I'm able to collect and ask them to write down what that fear is for them. At this point, I've collected around like 14,000. But my goal every day um, is to get up and figure out what is that thing holding um, us back and to figure out what it is that I can do um, in order to push you through that fear to get to that next level. Yeah, I mean, if listeners, if you haven't uh, watched any kind of YouTube video or anything about Daryl, like you got to go do it uh, because I like that keynote sticks out to me so much. Uh, I have the, I still have my wristband, uh, the whole bit. And so, uh, what an impactful message for students and really just everybody, uh, to be able to, to hear. And I'm glad you mentioned the wristband. I, I totally forgot to mention that. I think that's one of my, probably one of my favorite parts. Not that I love the end of the keynote, but, um, I'm kind of excited as I'm going through the keynote because I know that in the end, everyone is going to get um, that black band. So Jacob just mentioned it. It's a black silicone band. There's nothing on the outside of it, but on the inside is written the words, I'm fearless inside. So something that thousands of people use on a daily basis in order to like, push through. And remember that we're not alone in our journey. And on the website, um, bellabeinspires.com slash I think success stories. Um, every time I get one of those success stories, I'm able to put it on there for you to just be able to read and just know that you're not alone. So thanks for mentioning that. Oh Jacob. yeah, absolutely. Absolutely. So, um, you mentioned, uh, your kind of search for a life coach. So yes. how did you ultimately come to choose the one you did? And, uh, could you maybe talk a little bit more about what that experience meant for you? that's a that's a pretty it's funny when you say how did I choose the one that's a pretty easy question because um when I type life coaches in uh life coaches in Charlotte within Google I think maybe like two to three popped up Jacob maybe maybe one or two um because most most of the ones in Charlotte maybe didn't have like full websites sure. and and the website that I did see didn't really provide credibility so honestly, Nicole was the only one that popped up <laughs> that had credibility. So I was like, all right, this is the person I need to go with. Sure. And, and it's actually kind of funny, the story, because I called her and I said, you know, so, so we set up our first like call to figure out if it was going to be a good fit before we actually met in person. And Nicole said, I said, so how much do you cost per hour? And this, I'm still working in corporate America at that point. She said, 175 an hour. And that was like crazy for me. I'm like, whoa, that's a lot of money. So literally I said, I said, hey, so is there any way that I can buy – maybe a few hours at a time, and maybe that number can go down a little bit. And she was like, nope. 
that's my rate. <laughs> so honestly, her website showed the credibility. She wasn't able to go down on her rate or she wasn't willing to because she knew her value. So that kind of that kind of built a lot of respect in my eyes for that she knew what she was doing. Um, and she said, well, I do have another coach um, that I'm kind of training that might be $50 per hour. I can look at her schedule for you. So she went, I said, all right, let's, let's look at that for a moment. So she went to go look at that calendar and something inside me said, you know what? Go with Nicole. Um, so I stopped. I was like, you know what? I'm just going to go with you. And it was probably one of the best decisions I made because um, that process to me was the first that first time sitting down with her. It was more like a personality assessment that we took um, that kind of gave her an idea of who I was and, 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 and what I was about and my personality type. And then every month it was more it wasn't like a life coach thing. It was more of a business coach was, was the way I went, because I knew probably after that first meeting we sat down. Um, she said, Darrell, what are you interested in? I gave a whole bunch of stuff. Like, I might be interested in speaking to students. My, I might be interested in real estate. I gave her all these things. And she said during that meeting, she said, Daryl, your face lit up when you said something about speaking to students. What was that? We started talking about that more. And then literally she said, this weekend, there's something called the National Speakers Association. We're having our meeting. It's where uh, speakers who are full time, they meet, they speak, they talk. They learn more about the business, all that stuff. Do you want to come to that meeting? And it was that weekend, literally, I met on a Wednesday. That Friday, I went to that meeting, and I knew that speaking was something that I wanted to pursue. So every month that we met, it was good to have somebody who was in the industry already to kind of throw ideas off of, hey, what do you think about this website? Hey, this is the topic that I want to talk about. Should I go deeper? Um, and what she did was, and a lot of times when we think about that number as how much a coach costs or how much somebody will cost, it's important to think, for me to realize and to share with your listeners that a lot of times when you're paying that money or you're investing in yourself, that person sometimes or will often save you so much more money than what they're charging. So I was paying that $175 an hour, but because I was able to get her advice on a monthly basis, um, she was able to put me in contact with certain people and I was able to prevent myself from making a lot of mistakes. One last thing when it comes to this coach, um, she was the one who maybe two months in told me to stop burning the fears that I was collecting and start keeping them and using them as research. And now that's the crux. That's like the basis of what I do now. So imagine if I would have realized that a year in after I, after I had burned 2,000 of them and didn't have the research. So it was it was definitely a crucial thing that I did. Um, and looking back, it was it was one of the best things I did. And I, and I always level up now. She's not my coach now, but after that, I found a coach within the college industry who helped me for a while. Um, and now I'm always looking for that next level to find that person who can help me and maybe I have to pay them or mentor me because um, I don't want to make uh, mistakes <laughs> or I don't want to make mistakes that are preventable is, right. is, is, is what I like to right. say. Yeah. What a, what a great story. I, uh, so I've been trying to figure out the, the coach for me kind of thing. And, yeah. uh, and so <clears throat> it's, uh, that's selfishly why I ask those questions because it's like, Oh yeah, yeah. you know, I'm, I'm trying to do this thing and you know, I can do this thing uh, now, but um yeah, you just need that other person to and and Jacob, I think for for yourself as well as your listeners, um, I think we sometimes look up look at finding a coach as just something like sometimes hard or, or pretty difficult to do. But one thing that I learned was that just find the person who you look up to, find the person who you want to be like, and just sometimes give them a call or send them a DM, and you will be surprised how um how how easy it is to get people to help you. Um, so I'm not afraid to, if I see someone that I admire to, to just reach out, it, it's a little bit easier for me now because I have the credibility, but that's how I got to the level I am now by just literally sending a message and saying, Hey, can you help? 
or 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 or, or how much do you charge for for you to help me? Um, and it has worked every time. Yeah, um, yeah, that's that's good advice. Thank you. You're welcome. So uh, you uh, when you started realizing that you wanted to kind of uh, have your own business, uh, do the speaking thing. Um, was that the first time you uh, knew that entrepreneurship was for you or did that come earlier? So I always wanted to be an entrepreneur or I was always selling stuff. So it started in middle school where I was selling, I think, candy and sodas. And then in the neighborhood, I would sell stickers. And then I would have my mom take me to Sam's Club in the summertime and I would buy like boxes of candy selling in the neighborhood. Um, and growing up, my, my, my dad was always um, the one who always said like, Daryl, like, you know, I'm working in corporate. Um, this is cool. I'm doing well, but entrepreneurship is the way to go. Entrepreneurship is the way to go. So I think in a way he kind of brainwashed me. <laughs> um, that entrepreneurship was the way to go. So throughout my life, I always heard that. Um, so I knew I wanted to be in, in business. I knew I wanted to work for myself and have that freedom at some point. So I went to college and I majored in business. Um, so I would say that entrepreneurship was always the way I wanted to go. I didn't know necessarily how I would get there. Um, so when I got out of college, I tried to start a business called College Concierge, and that was a business that was going to help first-year students get things on campus, like leisure development, um, food before Uber Eats came out, like get around campus before like Uber and Lyft came out. So I was kind of probably preceded most of those things, but before my time or before I was ready. Um, but I, I got one parent to sign up, so it was a failure. So I learned a lot, and I felt a lot before I got to the whole speaking thing in entrepreneurship. Um, college concierge was that first one, but I knew that after college concierge fell, I had to go, go get a job because I got one parent to sign up. I worked three years and during those three years, I was trying to figure out what that next thing was. So oftentimes we fail and we think that, uh, that failure is a bad thing, but oftentimes, um, when we do fail, it's all about that pivot and taking that time, um, to learn from that and go on from there. So I, I would say that entrepreneurship was always something that I wanted to do. I didn't know what that path was going to be. And I still necessarily know how that path will evolve as I move forward. I'm just along for the ride and trying to figure it out, just like most of us. Yeah, being uh, it's all about being present uh, in the in in the moment and the things that are going on around you. Yeah, and taking those risks and and, and being willing to I would say bet on yourself. Mm -hmm. um, I multiple times when it comes to like saving up money to quit the job. I remember my grandma was like, "Boy, you, you are, are you sure you want to quit that job?" <laughs> you got benefits, you got a, you know, you got a good job, you got a mortgage, you sure you want to quit? But I was willing to like literally take the chance and bet on myself. And and the reason why I do it often is because I don't want to have any regrets. Um I often say something I repeat to myself is the only thing worse than failure is regret. Um so I push myself more often to push through a lot of those fears because when I look back on my life, when I look back on my year or my month, um I want I want to be able to see that that I push through those things. And because I have pushed through those things in the last couple of years, um, my life is better because it because of it. Yeah, I uh, so my family because uh, I was a I was first I was a first gen student, and so yeah. uh, now uh, getting out and uh, trying to explain a higher ed job is like uh, impossible sometimes. <laughs> uh, but then uh, talking about uh, going out and uh, doing the speaking thing, uh, how, how do you explain? How did you explain that to your family? Um, how did I explain that? Excellent question. How did I explain that? Um, for me, it was a little bit easier or might've been easier because I started with the way I started speaking and getting myself out there as a speaker was 
I did YouTube videos every week for maybe around 25 to 30 weeks. I would every Wednesday, I would release a four to five minute video with like a message that I wanted to give. So my family would see that they would like it. They would share it. So I kind of brainwashed them slowly into what Daryl would look like as a motivational or a speaker. So therefore, when I said I was quit, they already the website was already up. My book was already released. So they had something uh, that they could actually look at and see it. Yeah. <laughs> so therefore, yeah. it wasn't like a crazy thing when I said, you know what, I'm going to quit my job and do that. As well as I was like, mom, I already got two contracts for this, you know, set up um, and ways to kind of get them to go. So I feel like it was a gradual, a gradual, a gradual yeah. um, getting people there. Yeah. <laughs> Man, that's hilarious. Uh, and to Jacob, like those small steps that we take, taking those small baby steps mm-hmm. um, that eventually add up to um, to – to, to, to big things long term. Yeah, I love that. Brainwashing your family uh, slowly. Uh, <laughs> that's because uh, <laughs> I because I, res- I resonate with it is why it's funny because it's like, yeah, uh, sometimes you got to do that. <laughs> so, um, you know, you mentioned uh, some of the uh, some of the experiences that uh, didn't necessarily go your way. But what were some of the other uh, kind of early lessons uh, as you. Uh, kind of found your groove into uh, your your speaking career. One of the early lessons I would say, and I have probably a few of them. One of them was the the whole idea of getting a coach and getting someone to help you to prevent you from making those early mistakes. So those are huge lessons. Uh, always finding that person who's one step ahead, um, and talking with them or being able to have those conversations to kind of not only keep you in, not only keep you inspired. Um, but give you those tips and tricks. So, for example, um, one of my coaches said, Daryl, there's a student affairs group on Facebook. Oftentimes, people post in there about speakers and speakers that they need. So I got on that, and my first year, I got two gigs from that group alone, right? So that was, let's say, at that point, I was maybe three. So that's $6,000 that I was able to make off of that group, and I wasn't even he wasn't even charging me that much. So it's, it's those little steps or those little things um, that I would say – um, I learned in the beginning some other things I would say, the whole thing about rejection and being rejected. So I would send schools and stuff emails often and not hear anything back. Um, and being okay with knowing that you might be good, but you might not um, be someone's top of mind. <laughs> and being okay with being rejected. Um, I feel like in the beginning, we can often get discouraged, but I think it's important to know that, that it's a part of the process. Um, and that you often won't jump out there and get accepted from things like from the beginning. So I know you talked about the documentary that, that you recently saw, the AFLV. Did you see that one? Is that the one you said you yep, saw? Yeah, that's the one. Yeah, so like I was there as a student 10 years ago, um, and over 10 years I was able to go from being a student to actually keynoting that conference. So it's those little things where you it, – it's, it's those big moments that you realize that all those rejections – from other different places were worth it. When I think about my agency that I'm currently with now, um, an amazing family and team to me, um, I applied two times to be a part of that and got rejected two times and actually got um, accepted the third time around. So what if I would have stopped that second time and not pushed through? Oftentimes we quit too early. Um, So I think that's what entrepreneurship has taught me, that having a coach and someone there to guide you is helpful. And also sometimes getting beat up in the beginning is sometimes helpful because it makes you appreciate it when you finally get the things that you really want. Drop, just dropping so much wisdom. <laughs> uh, so, you know, uh, you brought up the uh, AFLV video. 
a huge moment uh, from uh, what it what it looked like from the video and hearing you kind of talk about it. What have been some of those other kind of big moments that have kind of guided you and steered you towards the kind of evolution that you've been talking about? What are some of those big moments? I'll say AFLV is one of those big moments. As I mentioned, uh, it was a 10-year journey from being a student to be able to keynote that conference. Um, that was a huge moment because literally maybe like two and a half years ago, um, I literally said to myself, I want to be on that stage within five years. And I start telling people, I'm going to be on that stage within five years. And to be actually, and to be able to actually see that happen um, was, was one of those moments where you knew that um, when you speak stuff out loud and you actually work towards it, that it can actually happen. And I've had a few moments like that in my life. One of those moments was I was in this high school organization called DECA. And it's called DECA, an association of marketing students. It's like FBLA. And I wanted to be a state officer. And I knew I wanted to be a state officer. I ran one year. I lost. And the next year I came back and I won. Um, so I've kind of, Jacob, I've kind of been tested so much. I often tell students and tell people that I speak to that I've never been really good at anything from the beginning. I've never been good at speaking. I've been all right. You know, I've had maybe uh, a little bit of talent, maybe a little bit, but I've worked so hard um and i've put in the work so a lot of times when we see people on stage when we see olympic or or whatever it is people who you look up to you often look at them as though they're different or they're special but i really don't think i'm special in that sense um i just think that i work hard and i put in the time to be able to make it happen yeah and i mean i don't know how uh, anybody could say no because like the energy that you bring is like contagious uh and even now uh, speaking and even when we were speaking but it wasn't really like the we hadn't really started the podcast yet is like i could hear it in the voice and in everything that you're talking about you know what i mean thank you it was it's actually i don't even, I don't even, even even know why i'm mentioning this i probably should okay well i mm-hmm. was speaking on stage right and um and you know high energy on 10 and then i went to go have lunch with students afterwards and the student was like like Daryl, she was like, "You're kind of different than you're kind of different right now than you are on stage." And I was trying to tell her how, like, on stage you have to be big, um, and you have to show that energy when there's 400 people in the audience. But when you're one on one, you can still show that passion, and that passion right. still never goes away, right? But you're not going to be necessarily right. on 20. So it's interesting that she expected like, 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 like that 20 me jumping up and down when I'm having lunch. <laughs> She's like, you have passion, but you're you're you're, you're not on one hundred. I'm like, first off, I just got <laughs> <Right>. off stage. <laughs> I'm trying to take a break. You can still show that energy and passion um, in different ways, and, and and that's what I really want, Jacob. Is that um, I never want that energy to ever leave um, because I do enjoy what I do, um, and I really want to help. Um, so I always want the person that you see online, um, the person that you see through the blog post. To literally be the person that you meet, the person that you have those conversations with, um, and to be able to be that person throughout everything. Yeah, absolutely. And so, you know, off of that, how do you? Because you even mentioned that you have a lot of stuff coming up, like everything's about to get really busy. So, uh, you mentioned earlier, uh, and so I hope you'll mention it again. What? How do you take those opportunities to kind of take care of yourself with all of the stuff that you got going on? So it's something that I literally, I would say maybe like last year, didn't really do well. Um, I speaking a lot um, when it came to like self care. Yes, I was, 
I was reading books sometimes, going, going to the gym, but something I said this year was that I really wanted to make sure that I block off time because literally if I don't block it off, there's a speaking date that will pop up. There's something that will block off um, in that area, and I, I, I want to I do shout out to um, one of my one of the agents at at the agency that I work with, who um, I, I blocked off certain times. Um, he asked me to speak or something during that time. He said, "Actually, Daryl, I think you should really take that break. I think you should really have that self development time." Um, so, 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 how do I make sure that I maintain uh, my thing? Is I'm going to self development conferences, so. One would be there was a, a conference I went to literally I just left Sunday, Thursday through Sunday. I was literally in a room with 2000 other people um, learning the habits of high performers. So those people who are who are performing at the highest level, what are those things that they're doing? Are they getting up early? Are they exercising? Are they staying focused on one thing and learning those habits? And for me, it was hard naturally to block off four days on my calendar, four whole days of time when I was like, there's something I could be doing during that time. But it was really replenishing to me to be around other high performers and other leaders who are trying to get to that next level. And now, because I did that, my goal is like every quarter or maybe twice a year to find those conferences or to find those ways in order to be to be able to replenish myself um, so I'm able to give more to the people that I serve. Yeah, that's great. I like I'm over here like I'm sitting in my office just like in awe uh, because <laughs> yeah. So uh, when you think about uh, uh, kind of future directions, because uh, you've mentioned uh, being along for the ride, uh, where where do you want to go? Like, what what do you want to do? What's next? So that's a question that I often ask myself a lot, um, Jacob, and I'm still I'm still trying to figure that out. Um, I feel like what I would love to do at some point is to be able to put on my own events. Um, my own, my own conferences um, for people to come to around fearlessness or self-development. I'm trying to figure out what that looks like, but I feel like that's my next level. At some point, I was thinking about possibly getting a PhD or going forward on studying the fears of students, maybe going deeper into that. But right now, today, when you ask me what is that next step, um, I definitely think I want to focus more on content. So putting more content out there, whether that's blog posts, whether that's videos, um, sharing the journey. Um, I think often we get to a certain level and I never want to, I never want to get to a certain level with speaking or whatever and people feel like I'm unrelatable or they don't realize the journey that I've been through. Cause people will meet you at your highest level and they'll think like, Oh, Daryl just came out of nowhere and not thinking about the time where we met Jacob, where, you know, I'm just there, I'm spending time with the students, we're eating lunch. Right. <laughs> so I want to share more of that journey. So that's something that I'm looking at doing more this year, sharing more of the journey of me traveling whether it's documentaries, whether that's those type of things, as well as more content. So considering like a book, uh, maybe sharing some of the fears I've collected um, and also pushing through some fears that I have around having my own events, um, pushing through that to be able to impact people on a higher level. Yeah, that sounds great. And, uh, you know, as you were as you were talking, uh, you know, the thought that jumped into my head is like, damn, if Daryl had a podcast, I would, uh, I would be the first subscriber. I, I would, I would do that. Yeah. yeah. So that's, that's one that goes as well as to put together. I said second quarter. So we're January, March. So we're about to hit April now where I'll be starting to focus on that. Um, it's definitely one of my goals. Um, but then it's always, you know, figuring out what the podcast would be. Like, what do I want to focus on? Right. Um, so that same advice I would give to anybody the same. So I sometimes when I, 
when I'm struggling with thinking about something or making that next step, it's like, what, what is the advice that I would give somebody else? Um, <laughs> is the advice that I would give myself, right. which is start small. So I'm trying to figure out what's the smallest way that I can start. Maybe the first 10 episodes are solo episodes with me where I'm just talking and then eventually I go into guests. So I'm trying to figure that out. But thank you for um, signing on and saying that you would support um, a future podcast. Oh, yeah, absolutely. Uh, and, you know, I actually – so the episode that I released uh, yesterday because I try to get these out on Mondays uh, is uh, – I actually talk about that specifically too like with like the future directions for this show, right? So when I first started this, it was really a way – because I wasn't really getting uh, bites to go speak anywhere, and so I knew I wasn't going to have a lot, a whole lot of video content engaging with other people. And so I was like, "All right, the podcast, me just talking about leadership, like that's what it'll be. It'll be great." Uh, and then I had like the first few guests on, uh, and I was like, "Wait, this is going to be something different. I don't know what. I can't quite put my finger on it, uh, but this yeah. is turning into something." And so, um, yeah, having that mission, that vision for it. I have now, um, I have a whiteboard in my office and it's really, uh, elevated my game a little bit. And so I finally got one installed at home. Uh, and so I did my mission and vision boarding for that and the speaking stuff and even just, just general life stuff. And I found that that's really helpful. I want to, I would like to recommend to your listeners as well. Um, if you do want to get a whiteboard, there is at Home Depot and Lowe's. For like twelve bucks, they have something called um, it's like not parcel board, or it's 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 this huge twelve, usually like twelve foot sheet of whiteboard for like twelve bucks. And what I do is I buy that twelve footer and I get it cut in like four sections, and I have it like on my wall in my bedroom and in my garage. So um, I almost spent maybe like five years ago like four hundred dollars on like a nice big whiteboard, and now that's the first thing I recommend is going if you want like a cheap um whiteboard go to home depot go to lowe's buy spend 14 to 15 dollars on that 12 foot and now you have a 12 foot whiteboard that you can cut up the way you want for our engineers out there you can even put a border around it or, or whatever you need but whiteboard has definitely changed i can say changed my life yeah. when it comes to being able being able to write my ideas and, and um, my visions out on a bigger level and not be confined to paper that is uh yeah that's awesome uh seriously i uh i don't know where i would be without my whiteboard uh, I have, um, I was telling a student this the other day, uh, they were like, you know, where's, uh, inspiration for some of this stuff come from. And honestly, it's like notes that I find that I've written down, like in my towel cabinet in the bathroom, uh, mm-hmm. you know, the, uh, junk drawer of my desk in the office, uh, and like just general, like I have crazy note spaces, like all over my computer at work. Like it's wild. It's so crucial. I will be coming back from the gym or in the shower and I'll think of something. And what I've learned is that if I don't literally write it down right then, I lose it. And it's sometimes gold. So I literally, I will literally stop. I woke up one night with a quote and like woke up and I didn't want to wake up. But I was like, if I don't write this down, I'm going to lose it. So I get up, write it down somewhere and then go and try to go back to sleep. Or when I'm getting back from the gym, I'll pull over to be able to write it in the notes app. But y'all, there's sometimes where, where you'll get these ideas or these inspirations, and if you don't write it down and contain it somewhere, you'll lose it forever. So I just want to encourage you to start some type of notes app or just, just start something where you're able to write these things down because you never know when you're going to be able to use it or need it in the future. Yeah, that's right. But I generally try to leave like the last five, ten minutes open for any okay. for any other kind of things that you want to mention or uh, kind of what uh, 
whatever is in your mind that you need to get out? Hmm. What do I need to say? Uh, what can I share? Um, I would say, so my, I would say my topic is on fear. Something that I'm passionate about is helping people to kind of realize what those fears are. Um, if I were to mention a few things, I would mention that. So I've collected around 15, I would say 14 to 15,000 of these cards as far. All of them I read, I categorize, so we're able to kind of um, help you understand what those fears are. And the top one that I've seen over and over again um, is the fear of failure. Um, mm. It comes up over and over and over again where that's the one thing that is stopping most of us from getting to that next level. And it kind of it kind of gets me emotional when I read them over and over again because I realize that that's the one thing that's stopping us. And, and if we can get past the fear of failure and be and get more comfortable with failing, we'll literally be able to run circles around some of our friends, our Fan, I mean, people around you because most people are letting the fear of failure stop them. So I mentioned this earlier in the podcast is when it comes to fear of failure, finding a way to take those little baby steps first. Um, and it's amazing how um, over time you'll see how those small steps add up to big things in the future. Um, and for me, it's funny because I was I went to I was I was in Arizona this past weekend for the Brendan Burchard High Performance Academy. Um, and we went to something called Horseshoe Bend and it's a huge mountain. Um, it's, it's actually the Grand Canyon, but there's this cool part where there's like a lake or something. We're very, very high up, like hundreds of feet up and there's no railing. So literally you can literally fall over. So one of my friends who was with me, she said, Hey, Daryl, like, why won't you sit on the edge and you like, let your feet hang. And I'm like, this is hella scary. <laughs> um, yeah. but I literally, I, I literally gave the advice. I would literally give, I literally like crawled to the edge, like slowly and like took deep breaths and finally put my feet over. And I, and she was like, um, I'm, I'm never going to, she was like, there's no way I can do it. I'm so afraid. And I'm like, yo, you can do it. So I literally took it through the same. So I'm like, go slow. And over like two or three minutes, she eventually got her legs over. And I was just so hyped because it shows that how easy we can talk ourselves out of things that we can literally always do if we just take those small steps, take those deep breaths and push through it. So that was just one example of how the fear of failure and, and what could happen when we talk ourselves out of things, but to remember that you don't want to have any regrets and realize, realizing that every master was once a disaster. I mean, you have to be okay with being bad at something before you can be good at it. So Jacob, I hope that you look at your podcast a year from now and, and hopefully embarrassed by these first episodes, right? right? Or, or first three years from now because you started, at least you started. Um, so I look at my past speeches two years ago and say, oh my God, people paid me to speak. (laughs) (laughs) Right. But I was good then, but I'm so much better now, but I expect that to be how it will be maybe five years from now. I'll look back and say, oh, look at the AFLB speech. Oh, you were, you know, you're so much better now. So being okay with that. And last but not least, I want to talk about judgment and rejection and realizing that, uh, judgment and what people will think often stops us. And this, this literally blew my mind. And it's the first time I'm actually sharing this on a podcast or anywhere because I learned this at the conference. Brendan Burchard had people raise their hand and he said, um, how many of you can think about those moments in your past where there was a person who literally said something or did something that literally affected you, like that you can still think about now, like really change your life, like, like negatively? How many of you can name one person? And people raise their hand. How many of you can name three people who you would say literally like something they said or, you know, and then as he got like most out of 2000 people, Jacob, the most people can get up to like those situations, those people were maybe five people. There were maybe out of 2000 people, maybe four to I think got up to maybe 10, 15 people 
out of the audience of 10,000 who could maybe name or think about like 15 people or situations that did something negative that like maybe are still hurting them or affecting them now. And what changed my mindset on judgment was when he said, now how many of you can think of people who have affected you positively in your life? And he was like, how many you can name 10, 15, 20? How many of you can probably say there's a thousand people who have affected your life positively? And the hands went up. And he was like, so why are you letting five to 10 situations of people stop you from getting to that next level when there's thousands who have supported you throughout this journey? And I was like, wow. Yeah, um, it really pushed me forward to say like, oh my God, why am I not getting on Instagram live? Or why am I not maybe putting out this video because I'm afraid of, uh, is my is my hair comb? You know, like just the mm-hmm. stupid stuff that we think about that stops us when it comes to judgment. When most of the time, it's those small moments, um, those four to five people, um, when there's thousands of people who, who support you, and those moments pass. So that's what I want to leave you with is that, yo, there's four or five things that have stopped you, and then there's thousands of people who are out there supporting you that can get you to the next level. Yeah, holy smokes. Like, I was uh, I was ready to just, like, uh, you know, like, damn, is really just, like, the reaction, right? Because um, yeah. I think about... Um, I had a podcast episode ready to go uh, last week, but I didn't put one out um, mm-hmm. because uh, it was definitely about leadership, definitely had some life experience, but there wasn't a whole lot of laughs. Uh, and so yeah. uh, I um, I listened to it maybe uh, four or five, maybe six times, uh, and I had other people listen to it. And everybody was like, yeah, yeah, you, you can put it out. It, it sounds okay. And I think I was looking for that one person to say no. Uh, like maybe you shouldn't put this out. And I was like, yep, not doing it. And then, uh, close the laptop on it. And so, uh, yeah, I, I don't know. It's, uh, yeah. How, uh, how impactful. And what if that message was the message that, you know, people needed, you know, at that, at, at that point. Yeah. Right. Um, honestly, Tom, you would think about that when we do mess up, like, and things don't go like, maybe people think about it for like a moment. But people have so much stuff going on in their lives that it's like they're moving on to the next. They're not really worried about us, right? Yeah. They'll listen to the podcast that they might – and let's say they do judge you, Jacob, for like 10 minutes. You think they're going to be judging you three years from now, two years? No, they're moving on to the next podcast, moving on to your next journey or next leadership lesson that, um, you're, you're, that you're giving them. So it was really, really helpful for me oh, yeah. when it came to like judgment and putting out content to say, yo, at the end of the day, um, you're not, not that you're not that important. But this is me talking to myself like Daryl. You're not the most important thing in people's lives. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> put it out, see who it can impact, and then move from there. Yeah, that's right. That's right. Well, Daryl, I think I've uh, I've taken enough of your time. Uh, so uh, thank you so much for being on the show. You're welcome. Thanks, Jacob, for the invite. Um, keep it going, and I'll and I'll I'll meet you at the top. Yeah, that sounds good. And thank you, listeners, for listening to today's show. You can listen to the podcast wherever you listen to podcasts. Remember to follow the mail list at www.jakespeaks.org to receive special rates and monthly newsletters like the one you can find in the show notes. Or you can just follow me on social media at MC Leadership Guy on both Twitter and Instagram. Until next time, take care.